Abby. And I'm Caitlin. And welcome to part two of discussing Flock, the first book in the Ravenhood trilogy by Kate Stewart. And so if you have not read this book, you can go back to part one where we do a quick synopsis of everything you need to know about it. But if you're wanting to just hear us talk about it for a little bit, then this is it. First of all, I just want to start with our like personal book ratings because I have a lot to say about this. I have a lot to say about this book. (laughs) Buckle up. Okay. So I'll start. I gave this book a 10 out of 10 and here's why. My absolute favorite thing about Kate Stewart as an author is that she makes you feel the emotions that the main character is feeling. And I have nothing but respect for that. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Um, because I like being confused. I like not knowing what's coming next. And like, that is so refreshing because a lot of the time I read books where it's like, you know exactly what's happening. You, you know what the plot line is. Like, you know, there's going to be like a conflict at some point in time and then they'll resolve it at the end. And you don't get that here. Like you are just left with even more questions that you started with. And I live for that. I think it is so refreshing. Yeah, you are not kidding because, okay, for me, and it's funny because I rated this a while ago. I rated this an eight out of 10. And the reason why it wasn't higher was because the suspense was getting old for me. I was like, I want to know more, but I was not getting it. And you make a great point because Kate Stewart writes it in a way that we are feeling and understanding everything that Cecilia feels and understands. Yes. Cecilia was also pissed as fuck that she was not getting answers. And And she she was was also frustrated and confused and mad. And so, yeah. And so, yeah. Okay. And (laughs) I have to back up a second because my thoughts are running a million miles a minute. Yeah, there's so much to discuss. There's so much. But as of right now, I have also read the second book. I've not finished the third. When I read the second book, it made me appreciate the book so much more to the point where I think like the reread value for this series makes the books even better. Whereas normally for me, whenever I reread a book, it's not as good as the first time I read it. Like Mm -hmm. I wish I could just go back to, you know, the time before I knew what was going to happen. But with this one, it's amazing to reread. It makes you appreciate it 10 times more. It made my rating go up more Mm -hmm. like 10 out of 10 for me too. And it wasn't until I read the second book that I felt that way. Well, even in the third book, like the third book, like it frustrates you to no end, same as all the others, because you're just like, ah, God, like something is missing and I don't know what it is. And then when you figure out, you're like, I have to go back to the first one and read it again because like it all ties together and you're like, holy shit, how did I miss this the first time around? Oh, I have. Nothing. Oh my God. Kate Stewart just did such a freaking good job with this series. She's so good. I had never read anything by her before. And after reading this, like she's a new favorite of mine. I was just going to say, I just like, can't wait to read more of her stuff. Like after reading this one. Well, and she actually just came out with another book too. So she has this um, book called, I want to say it's called Drive. And she, it's a duology and she just came out with like the second book in the series and I have not read Drive yet. And so I am so excited to read it. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine having read Flock without Exodus being released yet. 
because I would have been so angry for so long before I felt like, like that. The, especially relief. just the way they left it. You're like, who the fuck is the Frenchman? I know. Who is this hot, beautiful man? Who I is this man? Where's Sean and Dom? I know. Where's where's our other boys? Yeah, absolutely. She does something really unique in yeah. her in her series, and I'm here for it. She put crack in her books. <laughs> yeah, she um she's a new favorite of mine. And I had never even heard of her before you recommended these to me. So, so I good. love that so much. Well, and you were a genius. When I saw this on TikTok, like everyone was hyping up, like they like sharing and blah, blah, blah. And that wasn't like the sex was great. Like the steamy scenes, those were fantastic. But the actual storyline itself, like the sex did not take away from the storyline. Yeah. And that's what I liked about it. Like, even though like they all slept together once, like it didn't become like the main theme of the book. Yeah. That didn't become the point of the book. And even what I appreciated about that is like, yeah, they did have that moment where all three of them slept together. But then aside from that, they kept it like, yeah, to where they were bonding in their own unique relationships. And I feel like that's not to say if things had continued the way they were, I feel like they probably would have done it again multiple times, but they were like really focused on building their own intimacies like just you know between couples of people and I thought that was like a lot different than a lot of times in the polyamorous books and like again no shade I like it yeah don't get me wrong I love that shit exactly but like it gets a little bit like for someone like me who's like not relating to that on a personal level it's nice to have it be kind of a balance where like they're still getting like you know a bonding moment between just a couple, but then still having that, you know, polyamorous element yeah. there in the book, but it doesn't completely take over everything. I well, and because that. she did that, you felt like the heartbreak even more when she had those separate moments of like splitting up between both of them because yeah. they both expressed like their love so differently. Like when they had to like let her go mm-hmm. that you're just like, Oh God, like, (laughs) yeah, that was one of my favorite things. And of course, we'll talk about more about the characters. But whenever Dom would say things to Cecilia, like, I'm not Sean, like, you can't get those things from me because I'm not him. And that's okay. Like, I know that. And I, I love you. Like, I love him, but I love you. And he was like, Uh, oh, amazing. Amazing. So good. So good. Um, But let's talk a little bit about, like, each of the main characters in this book. Um, So focusing specifically on Cecilia, Sean, and Dominic. Um, So we'll start with Cecilia Horner, who is our main lead of the entire book. She's amazing. She's a queen. She is a precious, naive young thing who's just trying to figure out her spot in life. And we can respect that because who hasn't been there? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, naive. It's really relatable. And like, obviously my life was nothing like Cecilia's, but just, it takes me back to that point of being a 19 19 years old and being like, wow, I'm an adult now, but I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's like a scary time in life. So, well, and I think her situation was so interesting too, because like she was grown up in a sense that like she had to take on a lot of responsibility where her mother kind of failed at being a mom, um, where she like kind of fell into that depression and started drinking and just wasn't really like 
keeping up the way that she needed to. Um, and so she was an adult in that sense, but not in the sense of her like knowing who she was as a person. So like, yeah, she was very responsible, but she was very like sheltered in like her actual sense of self. Yeah. She never did anything experimental or rebellious because she kind of had like a fear over her, like a, like a looming fear of messing up to the point where like her mom would be disappointed or something would happen that would be like an actual problem. So that too. And she like even said at the beginning, she had just such like a specific idea of how she thought love was meant to be that like she wasn't open to like other types of love. And so I think that's why she struggled so hard at the beginning with like allowing herself to love Sean and Dom because she was like, well, that's not what I had pictured for myself. And then she had to come to the terms with like, well, not everyone has that. Because, like, the love that she wanted was, like, the typical, like, stereotypical, romanticized, like, like, what you see in Hollywood and what you see in the main, like, like, yeah, like, a man and a woman, monogamous love. And so whenever she was, like, I genuinely love two men at the same time she was like that can't be real because in in the movies they always choose they always choose who they want to be right and love triangles and all that yeah she felt like she was doing something wrong and so that was hard for her like also like the two of them separately just gave her like two very different types of freedom like Sean really brought out like the side of her that you know wanted to be adventurous and wanted to go do stuff and like be a better version of herself and you know support small businesses and be there for her community whereas Dom like I think kind of like helped her get like a thicker skin and like stand up for herself and so like I think they just gave her just very specific types of freedom I thought that was so cool I agree and it was also really cool how she like whenever she did things with them it was like kind of whatever their interests were but they were also her interests it's just that like depending she on wanted she to do with, it with them yeah she would it would like bring out that side of her and like with Sean she associates him with like sunny days and Dom associates him with rainy days and so it kind of like changes like their interests as well so like with Sean she wants to go outside she wants to go to the pool she wants to go on a hike with Dom she wants to stay in bed and read books together and just cuddle and like make love she just wants to do things based on exactly she wants to do things based on the relationship that she has with them as an individual something that also and I know you said like this hit (laughs) too close to home for you was (laughs) Cecilia's relationship with her father I really do think deep down he probably did try to love her the best way that he could but I don't think he knows what love is and unfortunately that's probably why Cecilia is like a little bit stunted in (laughs) like the relationship department because she's never felt that love before and so she sought it out in like other people hashtag deep hashtag Cognitive behavioral therapy. (laughs) It's fine. Um, But I do think that is why Roman like allowed her to come stay with him or like encouraged her to come stay with him. Like, even though it felt like he was being very like militant about it where like you have to work at the the factory that you're going to be taking over someday. And like, you have to meet all these guidelines. Like, I really do feel like deep down, like that was his way of like providing for her without being like fully invested in it. (laughs) Yeah. 
he definitely like you can tell there are moments of sincerity and regrets like that she can see in his eyes she can see the emotion there but he quickly tamps it down yeah and is like no i can't show any signs of weakness so he feels these emotions but he will not express them he obviously i know it obviously like yeah that's horrible and not only like is it sad that he wasn't there for her growing up, but this opportunity, like her living with him for the summer kind of feels like that chance to make things right. And he just does not take it. And he left, he went and moved. (laughs) Yeah. He literally left. He like, couldn't be in the house with her anymore. Um, So yeah, it's very sad that he chose to separate himself from her like that. Um, But you know, some people are just emotionally, broken and and that's roman and that's roman (laughs) baby (laughs) baby um so the next uh, main character in this series is our boy alfred sean roberts aka golden son so he is very much golden retriever himbo vibes like he's Mm -hmm. super fucking cool like he's giving me like 90s like freddie prince jr type vibes and i love that oh my god yeah. yeah Yeah, and, like, he's just neat. He's, like, so laid back, and he doesn't have a care in the world, except he does. He cares very deeply for everybody. Um, And he's just so out there, and I think that's what really draws Cecilia in, is that, like, he's different than what she's seen in the past. Like, he has these secrets, which gives him, like, a certain aura about him, but also he, like, tries to open her eyes to what the real world is, so, like, not everyone's good, and, like, big corporations are bad and small towns struggle. And I think that's neat. The other thing about him is she kind of feels like, like we were saying, she was keep your eyes on the prize. Like you have to graduate. You have to provide for your mother. Like don't do anything reckless or crazy. And Sean, on the other hand is like, do what you feel. Like if you don't want to do this, then that's cool. But do what you feel. (laughs) Like if you don't want to do it, don't. If you do want to do it, fucking do it and uh she hasn't ever really had anyone tell her to do those things in the past like to do what she's feeling and what she wants and so i think that's why she latches on to him so quickly yeah she is like this man yeah she's like somebody is supporting me and my decisions and telling me that i need to do what's right for me and she's never had that before so yeah it's like honestly it kind of breaks my heart for her a little bit because like she should have had that already in life but that's what I'm saying she is just like that's why I love her so much as a character like even though she is very flawed it's because she had to take on so much so young and like she did not have the chance to develop the way she should and like that's why I think it's so refreshing to read everything from her perspective because it's like you're learning that with her yeah oh that's sweet (laughs) it is yeah next one is john dominant king aka cool dark cloud he is your stereotypical like jaded grump jerk who actually has a real soft spot for the people he cares about he's very sweet (laughs) he's very sweet but if you don't know him super well he is gonna put on this tough guy exterior and it's hard to crack so at the beginning he is always pissing Cecilia off but of course they're super attracted to each other at the it's beginning like of the book. 
It is. And to him, he even says like, oh, violence makes me hard. Like, okay, King. Um, <laughs> literal <maybe> King. <laughs> literal King. How about we keep that to yourself until you are actually sleeping together? But um, he likes to piss Cecilia off and like seduce her, flirt with her. She's super into it because she's like, I, yeah, I'm attracted to this man. Um, one of my favorite scenes with him, and this just explains him perfectly. It's when Cecilia and Dom are spending their rainy day together. (laughs) So they're reading books in bed. She's reading the books that he bought for her because he like paid attention. He found her list of books that she wanted. And I was like, he found her TBR (laughs) and he purchased the books for her secretly. He didn't even tell her. She just found them. He didn't even know they were going to end up together. Yeah. He was just like hoping. And uh, I kind of wonder if they hadn't gotten together, do you think he would have like secretly delivered them to her doorstep? I think he would have read them so he could understand her better. <gasps> okay, wow. I love how we're just like rewriting this like reality. This is but... <laughs> <laughs> this Kate Stewart, is we're doing you a favor. He already, he already read them all. Um, anyway, so yeah, she is reading those books and she gets to this part in her book where there's a steamy scene going on, can relate. And she's like, wow, this is nice. And I think he can kind of pick up on her vibes. He's like, wow, she's breathing heavy. (laughs) And so he goes to like go down on her and she goes to put the book down. He's like, no, no, no. Keep reading. Keep reading. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. And so he is our favorite book loving king. Living my dream. Uh, yeah, Cecilia, she lived out. Good for you, girls. <laughs> we are so happy for her. So there are like two quotes in this book that like, I don't know, like they just give me the freaking butterflies. So like for Sean, whenever like him and Cecilia are kind of getting to know each other better, he's like, you catching feelings for me, pup? I'm like, stop it. I, I love know. that he calls her pup. I think that's I so cute. cute. Sweet. But for Dom, like whenever Cecilia's like, I want to get to know you better. Like, please tell me something about you. And he like, just like rattles off this super quick. He's like, eggs, runny, coffee, black, beer, cold, music, loud, cars, fast, and woman, not women. He says, woman. And Cecilia's like, woman? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) Why this man a few words, like has stolen my whole heart. (laughs) Why say many word when few word do trick? (laughs) (laughs) Kevin. And it actually like, it's super cute too, because (laughs) whenever, yeah, it worked for me personally. So whenever his hand is her and she stays home with him that day, she hasn't gone into his room yet. So the way she goes into his room is she like makes him breakfast. So she opens the door and she's like, eggs, runny, coffee, black, and then woman. And she like sticks her arm through the door and he doesn't say anything at first. And she's like, woman. (laughs) <laughs> and so then he comes and like grabs her and pulls her in. It's uh, really cute and funny. It's just like their love is so fucking wholesome. I can't even like, it is just so, I don't even know the word for it. Like, whereas like Cecilia and Sean, like it's very passionate and it's very like fiery. It's fast. And like, they just have this instant attraction for each other. But like Cecilia and Dom just have such a special type of intimacy and like I can't even begin to explain it like it was very slow building but like it is just so fucking like genuine and sincere yeah and I think part of that too is because Dom well and Cecilia he doesn't fall for people quickly yeah and he like let so few people into his life in general and so like it means so much more 
like for him um on a level of like trust and stuff because yes. Sean Sean has a lot of friends and a lot of people love Sean but like likes Dom him. Yeah, He's like Dom's asshole. not a lovable guy. Like, let's be real. And so people aren't like drawn to him. They aren't close with him. So he has like that like added level of you yeah. know importance between their relationship. And I think that's why I like I love both of them for two very different reasons, same as Cecilia, but like I am drawn to Dominic more, I think, because it requires more on her part to get his love. <laughs> Yeah, it was like hard for me to even like pick one. I was like, oh my God, they're right. No, I could never, but like, (laughs) I don't know, Dom and like the way that he shows his love is like definitely more in line with like my own love languages than Sean. I hear you. Yeah, and I think I was like, I was kind of more on the Dom side as well because he was just like, you know, more comfy to me, more cozy. Yes. Ah. So cute. Um, so really next thing that, to talk about are just some things that we liked in general about the book. Obviously, there's a ton, um, ton of things that we loved about it. Um, so uh, I don't know if you can tell, but we like this book. <laughs> this is a great book. So I actually had this at the bottom of the list, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. Kate Stewart, our queen, curated a playlist for this entire series. And if you go to Spotify and look it up, um, she has a playlist for all three books and you can play it along with the books as you read to set the vibe for each chapter. And that is fucking incredible, Kate. I love that you did that. Also, it's just a good playlist in general. Like I (laughs) listen to it all the time and like it captures each character so perfectly, like I can't even describe it. It's so And it fits Cecilia too. Like that's a Cecilia thing to do. And so like, I know other books do this as well. So it's not like, you know, it's specific to this book, but it's just like such a good fit for this particular series. So I really like that a lot. Well, and a lot of her books, like Drive is also heavily music-based. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like Kate Stewart also just really connects to like her own writing with music. And I think that's super cool. She is Cecilia. (laughs) Kate, if you're listening, I love you. Kate, we love you. And we wish your childhood was easier. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Well, she actually had like a very loving household. Yeah, I'm sure she (laughs) did. And her parents are like, excuse me? (laughs) I would love to meet you. Oh my gosh. So the other things that uh, like we just loved about this book, the modern day Robin Hood vibes, like, okay. So we talked about, they steal from the rich, they give to the poor. They're like very secretive because they don't want to get caught. And Tyler is actually called the friar. <laughs> we love Tyler. And love yeah, Tyler. Like, he, okay. That's the next thing that we liked about this book is Tyler. He's such an underrated character. He is. Okay. So my thing that I loved about Tyler is like how he would always just like flirt with Cecilia. He'd be like, Hey, beautiful. Like what's popping? Good looking. Like, he's but, like just, it was like, so platonic. It was so platonic, but it was just such a cute and like fun thing to do. Yes. And I really loved that. Like he was always breaking the ice and whenever Cecilia was having like issues with Dom, when things were still super tense, Tyler was just like there to break the tension. Yes. He's just that comedic relief. Well, like, even when they went to go see, like, Delphine, like, obviously he had, like, 
past history with Delphine, but like he was still there for Cecilia. Like he was willing to like just put that like to the side because this was something that like she needed to do to yeah. like move on like with Dom. And so like, I don't know, he's just like such a good friend. He is. He really is a good friend to the guys and to Cecilia. And we stand Tyler. We love him stand so much. Tyler. Um, we also love the float scene, obviously. We love the float scene. Um, (laughs) And the scene right before in the woods. um, I don't know. That wasn't my favorite. I think that was kind of weird. She was kind of acting like a child. Okay. Yes. Yes. But the, I don't know. I thought it was Okay. Yeah. I thought that was like super great because like, um, like, (laughs) I'm not going to turn down like a spicy scene personally, but like the whole thing leading up to it, like. Mans was listening to the radio and yeah. that song came on. She's like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, girly, come on. <laughs> but she is super young. I know. Yeah. And like, I think that really does show her age. Like she mm-hmm. is still a young person. Like she is not 25 years old, like Sean and Dom. Like she is yeah. a young adult and like a child, like fresh out of high school. Exactly. Like she, she really does think that he's trying to like, imply something. something yeah anyway um, <laughs> the float scene was great and like I think that really kind of set the tone for the rest of the book like obviously there was a lot that happened leading up to it but I think the book really got started after the float scene because that's when you really start to see character development from all three of them like um, you start getting more answers from like the secret society you get to see things from Dom's perspective um I don't know I, I thought the float scene was fantastic (laughs) I agree I I was like wow because I did not see it coming and so (laughs) I was just like shook but I was into it and I will say like whenever I was going back to read this for the second time like it still it still hit I think it's gonna hit every time I ever read this book well because like it makes it so special because like I said like in a lot of books like whenever there is like sharing involved like it becomes like a group scene from then on like you don't really get a whole lot of like one-on-one time with each individual and so the fact that like that is what brought them together and what created that bond and then they were able to very comfortably like go and do their own things like I thought that was so fucking cool yeah it's like a a nice take on it we also really like the secret society type that's my favorite genre secret society brotherhood shit And I was always, so I've always kind of liked this thing. So as a kid, my favorite book series was the series of unfortunate events, which of course, if, if you guys have not read them, you know what? They're not just for kids, read them and they're for adults too. And watch the Netflix adaptation with Neil Patrick Harris, because it's amazing, but also a secret society. I've always been into it. Well, and see my favorite books as a child were the mysterious Benedict society. I don't know if you ever read those, but Mm -hmm. those were my fucking shit. It was about like gifted children who like were like everybody like was invited to come in and take this test and like all these kids like no one passed except for like five kids and like they were all like gifted in different areas and they like went on missions and stuff it was so good and then like uh, the name of this book is by pseudonymous Bosch like I have always grown up like reading the secret society type books and so like this just uh, wow, I think that's so good. funny that we both did love those because yes. yeah, I I still love that vibe. Mm-hmm. 
that's why I like that it like left me guessing because like in those books too you don't know what's gonna happen next and so I yeah. love just being kept on my toes like that same it's really rewarding whenever you get your answers in the next book or what yes. you know something that we already talked about a little bit too is that you know, Kate Stewart is just really good at like evoking emotion in her writing, whether it be good emotions or bad emotions. And um, so, you know, feeling everything from Cecilia's perspective and like being able to really put yourself in her shoes was so important, um, which just shows how talented Kate Stewart is. Yeah. And we will definitely, whenever we talk about the second book, we will revisit that because I oh, saw multiple times. <laughs> Kate Stewart, I don't cry. Um, but yeah, I how cry. dare you? at least eight times in that book. <laughs> How dare you break me like that? My you made me feel God. <laughs> I had to call in from work. Oh <laughs> yeah. So keep an eye on the Instagram. We will be posting pictures of us, our, our responses, <laughs> um, after we read a certain chapter in the book. So oh my God. Um, yeah. So another thing that we really loved is like the drag racing scene. Like any scene where they're all together so like the garage or like playing pool or like them going to like the meetup or whatever like I love the vibes yes I was like what are we in fast and furious this is cool shit I love that I know <laughs> I just imagine like that scene from is it footloose I think it's footloose and they have like a street they play race. chicken yeah oh it is I think yeah and I'm like oh my god like this is <laughs> who's gonna win who's gonna get hurt like this is intense I was like yeah like, this angst. is good shit yeah I These freaking cool people that. I want to be their friends they're little angsty emo yes group. little secret uh, spies <laughs> yeah we love them so I guess if that's all that you wanted to mention we can kind of move on to things that weren't our favorite they were just a few um because I mean you can't be perfect yeah perfect and I mean some of the things like she purposely wanted us to dislike yes so so we've already kind of talked about this but it was really hard not knowing what was going on throughout the book and especially like the like the first majority of the book like the first three fourths everyone was like so shady and so evasive and Cecilia was getting so frustrated that she was like what kind of meeting is it and they're like it's not a meeting it's a party and she's like okay but like people what's a party for here. like what are we celebrating and like they're just like not giving her answers so it's really frustrating and confusing but again that's what she was trying to evoke when she wrote it. She wanted us to feel the way that Cecilia felt. So like, it's not something that I would discount the book for at all. Honestly, like the whole thing, like in the garage, like whenever Cecilia hadn't heard from them in days and like came to make sure like they were fine because obviously they were like, super upset about something so you know being the good person she was she just went to go check on him and they just did her so fucking dirty like they knew how she associated music with things and like the fact that they chose those two songs like ignored her and like humiliated her in front of like everyone they knew in front of the whole Ravenhood they humiliated yeah. her and like she had worked so hard to like build up this whole like like confidence self, yeah like she had no like she had confidence and she felt loved and she felt like she was in a very good place and they just ripped it away within like yeah I imagine 10 seconds of her standing there just like mortified and I was like because oh my she, god I know she had been wrestling with her feelings 
like how she could possibly love two men at the same time. And they were so supportive and like returning that love and telling her that, you know, what she was doing was right. And they felt it too. And then all of a sudden they were just like, you're a whore. Just kidding. (laughs) And she was like, oh my God, like, like my heart broke for her. And like, I can only imagine like the embarrassment that she felt in that moment. Like I had to reread it because I was confused because I was like, whoa, what happened? And so if I was confused, then like poor Cecilia, what was she feeling? Yeah. Like I was just, oh, it was traumatizing. (laughs) I'm going to have to talk to my therapist about that one. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'll send my bill to Kate Stewart. (laughs) So (laughs) the other thing that we dislike again, it's Kate did it on purpose, but Roman Horner Oh my God. An absolute twat. He sucks. He is cold. He is ruthless. He is a bad employer, a bad father, a bad lover. Like, I don't know if he has any friends, but if he does, he's a bad I friend. I don't think I'm he does. It like, he eats a half a of a grapefruit guy. for breakfast. What kind of psychopath does that? does that? That's not filling and you know it. You need more protein at your age. <laughs> at least he's getting his fiber. Like I said, I do feel like, I don't know, he's trying his best. I'm trying to see the best in this situation. He's just a very shitty father, though. Maybe he was trying his best, but his best ain't good. He needs to work on that. (laughs) And then the other thing, we already talked about it a little bit, but Delphine and Tyler's relationship just, like, kind of gave me the ick. Yeah. Um, Like, especially because, like, so first of all, obviously, Tyler still cares for her. But, like, nobody's doing anything about how she is living. Because, like, if Dom also lived like that, like, I understand why he doesn't necessarily feel like he wants to be there all the time. Obviously, he does very much care for his aunt. Otherwise, he would not go pick her up, take her to chemo, all that shit. But, like, if Tyler loved her so much, why does he not... Like, I guess he's keeping it a secret, but yeah. Well, another thing is though, I'm just assuming that like, they probably have tried to intervene and she like, she just doesn't care. It. Whereas Cecilia didn't even give her the choice. She just showed up and started cleaning. So yeah. like Dom probably, especially kind of seeing her as a motherly figure was like, well, if she is like telling me she doesn't want this, like, she I doesn't. Kind of feel like I have to respect her wishes and Cecilia's like bitch like this is disgusting (laughs) I do love the moment between Delphine and Cecilia though where like she's asking like she's reading the bible and stuff and she like asks Cecilia if like she believes and Cecilia gives her a book of the bible to look at because like Delphine is very scared of dying like she is um afraid of you know what comes next and Dom tries to like ease her fears a little bit by saying like none none of us are getting into heaven but if we do I'll sneak in the back to come find you type thing um Uh, I do I do really feel bad for Delphine I just think the relationship is weird so Delphine we have to cut her a little bit of slack because she like never really wanted kids and she just kind of had to raise Dom all of a sudden, like whenever his parents died. So, and at the same time, she was grieving the loss of Dom's parents too. So like she was thrown into that at age 20. That's crazy. I can't imagine. I'm 20. No. Yeah. Like I'm sure she, (laughs) if I had to raise a kid right now, I would be like, (laughs) So what do you do for fun? Like, I don't know. 
But there was also in this series a little bit of symbolism, especially in this first book. And I know Caitlin kind of focused a little bit more on this. So I'll let you talk about it. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I do love symbolism in all books, but in this one, like Kate basically slaps you over the head with it. So the Ravens, they all have these tattooed Ravens on them. And so Cecilia nicknames their group, the Ravenhood, which I think Dom is like, oh, that's cute. Like, that's a fun little nickname. Love that. But I wonder what they call it. Like maybe just the brotherhood or something. They call it the hood. Oh, they do just call it the hood. Okay. So she calls it the Ravenhood because they call it the hood probably. Anyway, so they've got these ravens on them. And she did notice as well that whenever she was at the meetup, the party, the party, um, there were women that had ravens wings tattooed on their shoulders. And so she's like, okay, so clearly, like, this is a thing for them. This is their symbol. And so when Cecilia is like desperate for answers, but she can't get them, she tries to look it up on her own. So she looks up uh, facts about ravens and she is like, oh, a group of ravens is called a conspiracy. And she I'm thinks kidding. that's hilarious because, you know, Sean um, has this entire time been like talking about conspiracies. And um, also something that she learned about ravens is that when they reach adolescence, they actually leave home and join gangs with other adolescent ravens. And the young gangs live together until they mate and pair off. And the other interesting thing is that ravens mate for life. So she learns that they're like extremely loyal and devoted to their like social circles and their eventual mates. And so the fact that the women have like the raven's wings tattooed on them kind of symbolizes that is like ravens are mating for life because it's a tattoo it's permanent and so it symbolizes like the permanence of the devotion to the group and and the cause that's what alicia was trying to say too um, because she had like a the like the necklace that had the raven's wings on it and she Mm -hmm. said like she hasn't been paired off with anyone yet so when she does she'll get like her actual wings but if they're also under the protection of them they have like the semi-permanent like the necklace saying like yes they're a future member basically yeah so she had the necklace because her brother was in the ravenhood so her brother had given her the necklace to symbolize like yes she is under our protection but she's but she has not yet yeah she has not mated with anyone in the group which is like kind of creepy when you think about it but i kind of like it (laughs) it's like i mean I just think like we get a little like tied up in the fact like like using those kind of words in human society just like strikes a little funny. Like when you talk about being mated for life, like that just strikes a little funny, but it's like getting Seems like very cultish, but like I said, I would join a cult probably. <laughs> so. Yeah, you absolutely would. And I would have to bail you out. <laughs> Dumbass. <Yeah>. Anyways. <laughs> so <laughs> the other thing that I love as far as symbolism goes, and we kind of talked about this already as well. But Cecilia told Dom, who she associates as like her cool, dark cloud and Sean is her golden sun. So she told Dom, like, I want to spend rainy days with you, but sunny days are for Sean because she loves them both so much, but she wants to be with them whenever they are the most true version of themselves, whenever they feel like they can just kind of open up and do the things that they want to do. And so I just thought that was super sweet. And that was a way for her to express like how much she loves and cared about both of them. When she told Dom that, like, 
I want rainy days with you and sunny days with Sean. Like that was just so sweet. And like, I know she probably didn't mean it literally, but it was like such a good way of summing up her feelings for both of them. And I really liked that part. Uh, This book was so beautiful. It really is. It's like, Uh, because you don't, well, I say you, I, because I can't speak for everyone, but I don't normally associate love with like romantic love being with multiple people. Like I have very much been like someone to, yeah. I mean, I get that because our society like ingrains monogamy into like the culture. And like, I personally like am a monogamous person and I've like, I've just never been interested in anything outside of that, but it's like so unfair to pretend like there's something wrong with not Right. Like subscribing to monogamy. So I think this book kind of opens up an interesting conversation about that too. Well, and after reading this, I actually made it a point to start reading more books with like polyamorous relationships and um, like group sharing. So like not even reverse harem, but just like throuples and like stuff like that. Like it is just such a beautiful thing. And like, I feel like it's very overlooked. You're just like, not like accepted. And I feel like it should be because like, it's just another form of love. I agree. And there's so many different ways to express it. I'll have to educate myself, but I don't know if you would know is being like polyamorous considered part of the LGBTQ plus community. Or is that like a separate thing? Um, Because like sometimes you can be in like a polyamorous relationship. And so there can be like one woman with like four men. You can be in a throuple where like you may be like one woman with like two other men or two women with one one man. And like everyone's like attracted to each other. Mm -hmm. And so like there's a lot of different ways to cut it because like a lot of time in like reverse harem books and you'll have, you know, three or four men that are attracted to one woman, but they're not necessarily attracted to each other. Um, And then you have some situations where like like two of them may be attracted to each other and one's attracted to the female, but the other two aren't. And so like I think that's the cool thing about polyamory is that like you can really like just be your like most genuine self and like Mm -hmm. you're in like a judgment-free relationship. It's like everyone is there because they care deeply about each other. Um, but like some may like have more like developed feelings for each other, but everyone like understands like there's just like a lot of communication, like understanding between it. Yeah. And that's really interesting to me. Yeah. I've never really been educated on it. And I think it kind of gets a bad rep because of things like like um religious organizations where one man like takes multiple wives um and that to me is not necessarily born out of like love and respect that is born out of like a religious like yeah I don't know that's not love and it could be love I'm not saying like it's not love but but it's not born out out of of like yes and I know like for a fact that it's not like, don't even come for me because I know for a fact that it's not because they'll just like marry some 18 year old woman who they've never met before because it's right. time to take another wife. So don't even come at me with that. I know maybe one day they'll love each other, but it is not born out of love. So it's like, I think that's kind of the rep that polyamory gets. Yes. Is and that's like, not what oh, polyamory is. Yeah. yeah and I think right. also, we'll talk about this in our mini so next and. Um, Katie Robert, she is one of my absolute favorite authors. Um, she writes so many books that have like what people consider like non-traditional couplings. And so 
like in all of her books, she has like a lot of queer characters and she has polyamorous relationships. She does throuples. She does a little bit of everything. And I, I think that is super, super cool because like they are very genuine, like love going on between all the groups and it shows like what like goes on within it and like how they do love and respect each other, how they communicate with each other, like what their, you know, boundaries are and how they work around with it. And it's not just like yeah. people fetishize, fetish fetishizing yeah fetishizing that's what I was going to mention as well because it's so refreshing to see that because a lot of times um and I know there are some really popular books that have been accused of fetishizing like non-traditional love we'll say or lgbtqa plus which is so sad it is so sad and it's like they're capitalizing off of something that that means a lot to people because people want and need representation. Yeah. But it's like, you know, leave that to the people mm-hmm. who can write from experience. Yeah. Don't who take am away I to from- say the way you love is like wrong. <laughs> exactly. Like I would never try to write a book about a polyamorous relationship. Because, because I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like. I could never put myself in that mindset and I would never try to pretend and be disingenuous. And I think that authors really need to take that into consideration. And if you are going to write about something that you personally do your research. identify with, exactly, do your research. That's um, why I like Katie Roberts. Yeah. She does a lot of research. research. She is very involved like in that community. Like she has like a lot of like contacts that you know, are living that lifestyle. And so she can write things that are very valid that reflect positively on what that looks like. And she also, and like I said, I'll talk about this in the mini so too. She's very good at like educating her followers on Instagram and her readers on like what these relationships do look like and, you know, how you can be an ally and support people who don't have, you know, super traditional pairings like you would see normally. And so I'm glad like a lot more writers are you know, shining a light on it because it is a lot of different ways to love someone. That's yeah, that's great. And it, it's great that she does like consult people who yeah. are going to add um, a genuineness <laughs> to her writing. But um, that's <laughs> a little thing. off topic. Sorry. <laughs> we did. We did. But listen, it's, it's important, important to know. It is. It's very important. And we love to talk about things that are important to us and to people that we care about. That kind of wraps up the first book in Ravenhood. Um, like I said, join us next week. We're going to do a mini set where we're shouting out some of our favorite authors on Instagram. And um, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, who they are, what they write about, you know, why they're so important um, on their different types of media platforms. And it'll, it should be really fun. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And then after that, we will be covering Exodus, which is the second book in the Ravenhood trilogy. It's the one that made me love the first book even more. And that'll be in our next full episode installment the week after. So go ahead and get a jump start on that one. And as always, let's get lit.